Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello, welcome to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Show. My name is Simon Miller and I hope you are doing well on uh, probably Friday the day this goes live. Where does the week go even though we're all stuck in our houses? Well, actually, no, if you're listening in the States right now, you've been allowed back out. If you live in New Zealand, they've even reopened the gyms. I don't want to talk about all of this. I was just amazed to hear the differences that things are going down. Uh, I think it's been a good week for professional wrestling, though. At least I've enjoyed it. Um, We're just coming off the back of AEW Dynamite NXT, as I say these words. The coolest thing about NXT was the In Your House logo that's finally back. I mean, the first one was like 25 years ago today, I believe. And now here we are in 2020. I will watch anything called In Your House. I know what WWE is doing. They are playing off my nostalgia, but I have no problem with that whatsoever. And if you have thoughts in your head that you'd like to come on a podcast and spin, you certainly are allowed. The reason I'm able to do this podcast on my YouTube channel, search for Simon Miller, it'd be great to see you over there, is because I, you know, do what everybody else does in the in the modern day. I have a Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Simon Miller 316. And yeah, I try and treat it like a shop, as I say all the time. So if you can support me, I will find a way to support you right back. And one of the tiers lets you come on the podcast and we can chat about whatever the hell you want for around about 45 minutes or so. And that's what my man Baz has done today. So it was a big shout out to Baz. Baz, how you doing? I'm awesome, mate. Thank you very much for having me. Good. It's my pleasure, man. It's nice to have you here. Um, So look, man, it's the week after Money in the Bank. We've had an episode of Raw. We've had NXT Dynamite Smackdown in a couple of days. Uh, before we get into to all of that, though, where do you lay your pro wrestling hat? Because sometimes I get people on here and they're not even watching WWE anymore. Sometimes they're not watching any kind of wrestling. Are you an AEW guy, you WWE guy, or are you just a wrestling guy, which is my personal preference? Okay, uh, it's a weird one because I'm, I'm an AEW guy, but not out of any kind of like tribal mentality. More out of the fact that uh, <laughs> for years I kind of went away from wrestling. I got tired of it. I got sick of like I think during the during the lull between like when WWE bought WCW and it, for me it just kind of went a little bit meh. Plus, I think age has a lot to do with that. Like I was going through my twenties at the time, and obviously I was just like kind of moving on, you know, getting married and doing all that kind of stuff. And uh, I went away from wrestling for a long time. And the only guy I still followed was Chris Jericho because he's always been a massive fan. And um, I, when I saw the announcement for Double or Nothing, or for AEW in general in January last year, it was like, huh, ah, a new company, you say? <laughs> so then it just became a, a thing of catching up on being the elite and like all that kind of stuff and it's just brought me back into the fold and you know I, i've watched wrestlemania every year since i was a kid with a, the same friend we catch up every single year this year was the first year in over 20 years that we've not been able to do it which has been really depressing <laughs> oh of course man yeah when traditions are broken it's uh well, it kind of shines a spotlight onto the, the world that's actually going on right now. See, I completely understand that, man. But that's a great story, though, dude. It's a great story to hear because I think that's what has been great about AEW, that it has kind of brought people back into the fold. That like your good self. You hear that Chris Jericho is doing something new. You decide to check it out. And now here you are guesting on a wrestling podcast. That's quite the transformation. And that's it. In one year, I've gone from being someone who watched WrestleMania once a year. and That was it to genuinely like I, I bought a bunch of pro wrestling tees t-shirts and i've really just been catching up on loads of wrestling podcasts and things and just loving it it's great Dude, but that's awesome man i mean it, it's it's exactly what wrestling should do and you kind of already mentioned how you know i'm not saying you were treading on eggshells there but you felt like you needed to sort of dance around it a little bit to say look i'm not just a oh, aw's great kind of a guy i just enjoy it for what it is and it's more my kind of a product because that is the kind of wrestling world we're living in right now it's you know everybody has an opinion thanks to social media and you can get it out there quite quickly and social media when it comes to wrestling is is massive and look, I find out all the time, uh, ups and downs, uh, it's probably gone up today. I, don't, I haven't checked yet because I've been running around like a madman. And I, I'll, I'll tell it to you straight. I like Brody Lee and I like John Moxley, but this is the first main event feud that AEW's done when I've gone, 
it's not bad by any stretch of the imagination. And I like Brody Lee's match with Christopher Daniels a lot. But I was like, this is something missing just for me as a wrestling fan. Doesn't mean it's crap. It just means, okay, we've got to the point now where they've tried something and it's not really clicking. And I always have this little thing in the back of my head well, where I would never do this because I take my job too seriously, even though I'm an idiot. But I'm like, I always have this thing in the back of my head where I know that I'm going to get torn to pieces because I dare give AEW any kind of any kind of criticism and that to me is baffling because well that's it it's that tribal mentality thing where people are just like you get these mega fanboys or mega fangirls or just you know mega fans online who are just they will not hear one negative word no matter what that is even if it's legitimate just you know well put together criticism which is what your criticism is it's not um, oh Look at this title match. Total crap. Rah. It, it's genuine. Like, it's just not clicking. There's yeah, nothing wrong me. with that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that, that's the key. That's the thing I always try and drill into people. It's not clicking for me. It doesn't mean that I sat there watching it going, this is the worst, you know, blah, blah, blah. It literally is just, huh. Why am I not as enthused as I was for, you know, Cody versus Jericho or Jericho versus Moxley or whatever, you know, pick your main event so far. And it simply comes down to the fact that when you are putting out so much content or on the flip side of that, when you are a wrestling fan who is watching so much content, you can't expect it all to hit home. It's literally impossible. Like when have you ever watched any kind of television series that you get to the last episode and go, I enjoyed every single thing. No, you didn't. There'll be subplots you didn't like. There'll be some episodes that are a bit dull. Look at Game of Thrones. You know, it's the same kind of thing. Um, but, and it happened with Game of Thrones too. Everybody went nuts, but that's my only, I wasn't even going to call it an issue because if that's what people want to do, it's great. But it, I don't like it when you attack somebody else. That's my thing. I'm like, nah, man, you got to let people enjoy whatever it is that they enjoy. And that works for you as well. Well, that's it. It's, it's the reason discussion argument where people just don't tend to have this reason discussion. I mean, uh, so the start of all this, because I wasn't even on Twitter. I was non-social media for many years because I used to run a website and uh, do music reviews and stuff. Uh, that was, I had a whole thing. And um, I remember years ago, I, I interviewed Chris Jericho and I've actually got that on YouTube, which is terrible. It's a really bad interview. <laughs> it's, it's a horrific interview because I've had the worst day leading up to it. Sorry, this is a segue, but I'm going to say it anyway because it's a segue, my friend. But um, it was a really fun interview in the sense that I had got this interview face-to-face, Chris Jericho on a tour bus, and I was like, okay, right, I'm going to hire a camera. So I hired this amazing camera, and I did all these notes, and I had like, everything in my bag with me. I was like, this is great. And my bag got nicked on the train. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Off the train. So I'm bag of notes. And I spent two hours trying to find a, a camera replacement with no money because I was like in my, in my 20s, but I was literally like, I was working the call center at the time, so my money was just crap. <laughs> so I had no cash, and I'm trying to find this this uh, a camera. In the end, I could spend like eighty quid on this, and this is in the days where you didn't have like you know your camera on your phone. It wasn't the same way. It was like a um, a terrible little digital kind of camera that you could film for like internet videos. But just think back to like uh, internet videos in 2008. <laughs> yeah, they, they weren't good, right? They, the quality was pants, and that's what this is. The quality is just terrible. And I'm in this interview with Jericho, nervous as hell because I've spent two hours running around trying to find a camera and not able to do the interview properly. And Jericho is just like going through some questions and I'm a little bit haphazard with my questioning because all my notes are gone. And I could not remember the album names for the life of me when I started discussing uh, his previous albums. And he just, in the middle of the interview, I was just like, um, and uh, your last two albums, um, and he named them both and went, do your research, man. <laughs> Did he really? <laughs> but then in pure jest, because then he just went, oh, right, okay. oh, don't, don't worry, man, you're just nervous. It's absolutely fine. And then he was like, yeah. and he sneezed on camera and he just went, yeah, there you go. I'm filled with Chris Jericho. <laughs> I absolutely, <laughs> but he was the best dude. And that, that was what cemented the fact that I would follow him doing anything because that day I was so haphazard. And it's probably my worst interview, but also my favorite. Yeah, I get that. Because <laughs> he was just that. such a nice guy about it all. And he was so like, hey, don't worry about it, man. We, we got through this and everything's fine. It was not a bad interview, but made me feel top of the world. So um, that was the weird thing. I don't even know why I got on that segue. It's just, I don't care, man. It's a good story. Don't worry about it, man. Good story is good story. That's all that matters. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was just a case that with that kind of uh, thing of following Chris Jericho, because that's great. I'm just going to completely forget the segue and kind of go back to where I was originally wanted to say, which is 
so I quit social media after doing the website because I was like, I'm, I just need a break from everything. Hmm. And uh, didn't have any kind of phone. I just didn't care. It was more a case of went through depression quite a lot in my late, th- late, my late 20s, early 30s. So I was like, uh, kind of started coming back to it. Um, and I launched a Twitter just because of wrestling, because of AEW. I wanted to kind of follow what was going on with it. Yeah. And I remember just this great thing of like the ratings discussion prior to Dynamite. You know when uh, NXT announced that they'd be mm-hmm. running up ahead. And the yeah. rating discussion was so funny because the rating discussion was uh, from WWE mega fans going, they won't even get 400,000, blah, 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 blah. And it was really horrifically like toxic, like, oh, they're going to go down. And it's like, well, why would you want them to go down for one? Because, you know, competition's great. It means that NXT will do better. The reason you even get NXT on TV is because of AEW. So, you know, surely be grateful that there is competition out there even if you don't happen to like it. But this is before they'd even seen the product. And then the first episode heard, and it got 1.4 million and beat NXT. And all the people who were previously saying, like, NXT will definitely trans AEW. It's not even going to be close, AEW. All of a sudden, those same people going, well, of course, AEW would win the first week. I mean, that was never going to be a thing. It's all what happens in the future that matters. And every week it's the same discussion. It's like, oh yeah, well these these ratings are terrible because they don't even even compare to on SmackDown. It's like, dude, it's a different thing. <laughs> and it's just such a negative thing. It's like, if you don't like it, cool, just leave it. But in every conversation, like Brian Alvarez posts two numbers up, and immediately just people just dive onto it like it's this horrific insult to them, or like it's this horrific like. And you get the same from the other side of the fandom, which is that you get the AEW fans going, ha look, NXT's dead. Ha-ha, look, we beat them 27-2. Aren't we amazing? And it's like, dude, d- d- chill the cow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's... I, 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 don't, I don't understand about wanting anybody to go out of business. I'll never understand that because I don't understand how it affects your life. If you just say you're a super... Either way, you're a super NXT or you're a super AEW fan... The other one existing, if anything, makes yours better because there'll be that fuel, that fire to ensure that we don't screw up, basically. You well, know, yeah, massively. Massively, that's the case. I mean, look what happened to WWE when WCW went out of business. I don't even blame WWE for that. It's the same with anything. If I'm running and I'm being chased by nobody, I'm not running as fast if I'm being chased by a dog that I know is going to savage me. That's how brains work. So I, I, I definitely don't understand that. And I don't even mind the... Uh, I don't want to go. I don't want the, the arguing. I'll go with the debating. I don't even mind that at all. I don't. I never invest too much in ratings. I like ratings because I like statistics. I find it really fun to see. Oh, AEW did eight hundred. NXT did six hundred thousand. There's just something about that that I enjoy. But I don't feel offended if AEW beats NXT or vice versa. If anything, what I really enjoy is that I get to watch AEW on a Thursday morning and then usually within 20 to 48 hours I have a nothing another wrestling show just waiting there that I can watch at my own my own will. Like it's just that works for me. I think that's nice and it's different if you are fighting for channel space. But we just don't live in that world anymore. And nobody can say that to me otherwise. Like if you want to watch one over the other, you can. And it's not as if, you know, again, back in the day when I would often channel hop between WCW and WWE, I did that because if I didn't watch it then, there was no way to, to get it into my life. I just had to have my mates talk about it or the internet was just becoming a thing. So you could, you know, try and find some stuff on there. And I honestly, I can't even sit here and try and play devil's advocate and explain to you why they're doing it well, <laughs> because that, i don't know it's the weird thing because again like, when i first started it it was mostly aw things i was following because again that was the wrestling promotion i think so the first thing i did when i went on twitter was follow aw wrestlers follow like you know wrestling news and things like that so i was mostly seeing the aw side of the argument and i kept saying like why do like uh, wwe fans just keep moving the goalposts and just keep moving the goalposts and keep changing the expectation from, oh yeah, AEW will definitely lose, to, oh, AEW can't even hit 400,000, to, oh, AEW can't even hit a million. And it just kept changing the goalposts. I was like, oh, it's such a, such a toxic fan base. But then, obviously, I started following more just playing wrestling accounts and started seeing the other side of that, which is that there are people on the AEW side who are 
just as bad. <laughs> it's it's so weird. I don't I don't mind discussion, but it, it just always feels like there's this kind of like um, really harsh level to it. Like you know, you you like something I don't like, you should die. <laughs> it's like, what? Well, yeah, I mean that, that's, I mean that is just crazy. And I do think um, you know to to spread the wings a little bit. I do think it comes more in the form of uh, of niche fans because you get it in fitness, you get it in video games, you get it in music. You know, I, I've been lucky enough to dip my toe into all of these things, and there hasn't been a time when that hasn't. I haven't had that kind of reaction to certain stuff that I write. Why it happens, I don't know. You know, it's very, very odd and it's very, very strange. But I guess some people are just happy to hang their... I guess that some people invest solely into one idea. So if, they, if AEW is something that they truly love, they kind of feel like they had to defend it. Whereas really the best way to defend it is to be positive about it and to enjoy it. And you yeah, know, that's, that's all it takes because it's a great... It's a great thing. We live in a world where there's so much choice. Like choices is everywhere you look. We have like, um, if, if you like chocolate, there's a million types of chocolate. If you like crisps, there's a billion types of crisps. And if you like uh, wrestling, look how much there is right now. Well, not right now, but in general, uh, during this time, there's so much different types of wrestling you can you can absorb, and it's all at your fingertips. So it was like twenty years ago you had WWE. If you were in the Northwest or if you're in the England or America, you had the one type of wrestling and indies if you knew how to look for it. Yeah. No, I mean, it's... Um, to me, I always want wrestling to be evolving and to be changing. And that's why, you know, somebody asked me this question the other day about the, you know, the, the, the rising of the internet and how it affected wrestling. And there's absolutely a negative that came across with that. But maybe wrestling wouldn't be in the position that it's in now without the internet. You oh, not even remotely. Not even yeah, remotely. Well, we don't know. That's the thing. There's no way to tell. We guessed that it wouldn't. It would make sense. But it, it could be It could be anywhere. Well, yeah. Speaking of the ratings was uh, the fact that people, like, you know, WWE's uh, Raw and SmackDown, the ratings were cratering recently. They were just going down and down and down. And I don't want that to happen. No, I don't. I, I, I want everyone to do well. I, yeah. I think I think when people do well as well, there's a... Uh, uh, what's the word? It's just a good feeling about the place. And when you have that momentum and when you feel like you're on the right track, you do work a little bit harder. It's just how, it's just how the world works. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I don't want to go too far away from it before we do, but obviously I brought up the, um, the John Moxley um Brody oh, yeah, Lee stuff on dynamite <laughs> no no dude this is what this podcast is all about but i want to get your thoughts is my point um because we're actually now in a position where we can have a good chat what and what did you take away from it because i still haven't actually gone and so usually what i do is i get ups and downs done and then as soon as it's uploaded i'll go and survey opinions because i'm always intrigued and fascinated i haven't done that yet because again today's just been manic um but did you think it, again i want to stress i don't think it was bad by any stretch of the imagination there was just something about it to me where I was like, maybe we've come to this too soon. I think that was my big takeaway. I was like, maybe we should have built up. Because when we have built up the Dark Order over the last year, and it's been a bit ups and downs, no pun intended, but the Brody <laughs> Lee thing, I think if he had come in and cemented himself a bit more, I don't know. I don't know. I, it's something I need to sort of play around in with my head in a few days. So, um, okay. My opinion on uh, Moxley and, uh, and Brody Lee I think that they were in a position where this is the one that made the most sense. I actually really like it. I like the fact that Brody Lee's doing the Vince Man gimmick. I, I really enjoy that gimmick. I think it's funny. I think it's very in-jokey, but I actually quite enjoy it. But actually, I think it's the one that makes the most sense of all the potential candidates there, because if uh, Brody Lee's character is to be believed, he's coming to AEW to be the guy and he's coming to AEW to be the Lions of AEW. That's why he keeps saying about the Dark Order, they're the Lions of AEW. We run this place. It does not make any sense for him to go after like the mid-card title. I know the TNT Championship is really not being built as a mid-card title. They've kind of built it as a alternative championship where they've got two championships, and they established that by putting major names in that tournament. But he's established as the guy who wants to run the place. John Moxley is established as the guy who is accepting all comers. That, that's his gimmick is that you want it. 
you want to fight, I'm not going to say no to anyone. You want to fight, you come to me and you fight. We'll go for it. So it's not a case of, oh, you have to jump through a bunch of rings. He's accepting fights. He built Brody Lee through a few squash matches that kind of put him onto the radar of the thing. He comes in, beats up John Moxley. I know that's a age-old thing that they've done for years and they've always done since ad nauseum in the 80s. But for me, it wouldn't make sense for him to go after anyone else right now. He's established that he's in AEW. He's established in all of his vignettes that he's the man they're going to run AEW. Equally, I think it leaves enough of a thing out there to say, okay, well, do you take the title off Moxley and let the crowdless era have someone who's a bit more of a heel to dominate the division and give the Dark Order that kind of like thing so that when you get crowds back, you've got that really big catharsis of Moxley regaining his title and you kind of have a do-over? Or do you have Moxley shepherd the championship throughout this era? Uh, and have him go over Brody Lee just to say, okay, so Brody Lee's not there yet. And it leaves, yeah. in, it leaves enough of a wiggle room to say, hey, this could go either way. And for me, that's all I ever want in every match. I want to have that feeling of this has a logical progression to go either way. Has Brody Lee come in too big for his britches and decided, I want this championship, so I'm going to go for it, which is what he's done. And is he not even remotely understanding that John Moxley is a much bigger player than he he used to be. They've established that in the, the commentary between them, which is like, you know, in the place where we used to be, you don't know me anymore. You don't you don't know the new me. We faced each other four years ago. I'm a different kind of guy now. And what that establishes is that Brody Lee doesn't see that Moxley's also a different kind of guy. Is that I s- yeah. <laughs> I guess I, I, I see where you're coming from. And I think that you you make a very, very good point, but I kind of came down on it the other way. Like, you know, my, my takeaway was after what they did on Dynamite, I kind of felt like it was obvious that, not obvious, too wrong, my gut went from being kind of torn about what they could do to thinking that actually this is setting up Moxley, not with an easy win, but with a more straightforward win than I first anticipated. And look, you just don't know. We don't know what direction they're going to, to go in. But, you know, even 24 hours ago when I was having this conversation with somebody else, I didn't, I, I wouldn't have been able to pick a winner. And then after Dynamite, I was like, well, actually, you know, this, this to me feels like they're just setting the Dark Order up as quickly as they can so Moxley can knock them back down, which I don't mind. Look, if Moxley is your guy and you're going to make him your super-duper champion, that's what you got to do. There's no two ways about it. In fact, we don't do it enough in wrestling. Sometimes we worry about too many, um, you know, too many people's feelings at the same time, whereas you got to strap a rocket to someone. And I guess maybe then in the back of my head, I think to myself, I, d- I don't know where that leaves the Dark Order after all. But again, I'm speculating here massively, but that's the feeling I had in my stomach when the... Um, when the thing was done. But ultimately, you know, I thought the match was good with Christopher Daniels. I thought Moxley was great afterwards. We just destroying ringside and going proper nuts because he's a, you know, he's a loose cannon and all that kind of nonsense. And I'll never, ever have a problem with the whole, I've stolen your title and I'm going to pretend I'm the champion. Oh, no, I don't I know why it. I like I it. it. I, I've <laughs> seen great. it a thousand times, <laughs> but I like it because it is so dumb, but it is dumb in the best possible way. Why? It, it, like, no, if, if you did this to a boxer, the boxer wouldn't be mad. They'd be like, I'm still the champion, you idiot. But in wrestling, if you steal someone's belt, they are so pissed off at you. And I love it. It's my favorite thing. I think it's great. But what did you think about Dynamite overall? Oh, I absolutely loved Dynamite this week. I really did. There's one thing I didn't agree with, which I'm not going into. But mostly, I really, really loved it. I thought that the um, the matches were high energy. There was some way... Uh, you could see some ring rust from some people because they've not read, wrestled in, what, six weeks? Like, yeah. there's a few people who've not wrestled at all in six weeks. Because this was filmed last week, so it's, it was during the first week they were live. So there's some people who've not wrestled in a long while. And then you've got other people who wrestled twice in the spit in the same day and did an amazing job. Matt Hardy and um, Kenny Omega wrestled twice the same day. For that taping, because they were taped the same day, I think. Or Yeah, no, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's true, yeah. So they, they had two absolute bangers back-to-back. Back. Yeah, because I think they go live again next week, Dynamite. So yeah, this was their last um, Taped, their last yeah. tape show, yeah. Uh, no, I, I really enjoy the Matt Hardy. To me now, if I think Matt, if I see Matt Hardy and Kenny Omega tagging, 
I know that it's going to be madness. I mean, that, that that seems to be the thing we've gone for. And I have no problem with that whatsoever. I know some people don't like that and they think it's too silly. And don't get me wrong. There's, um, I like silly a lot, but that doesn't mean that you can't be too silly. But I think they, they nail it right on the head. I do think we have to start explaining the broken mat stuff a little bit more because I find more and more that, again, a lot of my friends that used to watch wrestling, like yourself, are now coming back. And every you know, sort of every couple of weeks, I get a message saying, Miller, I don't understand who this crazy guy is that thinks he's 3,000 years old. And I'm like, I love the fact you've sent me this text message. But that I do agree with. That, you know, the, 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 sometimes I think AEW could try and pander a little bit more to... Uh, to the to the brand new person that's coming in the door but i really like kenny omega and matt hardy as a tag team and really it's one of those silver linings from all this madness we're going through at the moment i don't think that would have been their direction if hangman page was still here but um i well, I, yeah. I like them a lot <laughs> look at pineapple pete <laughs> so well, wouldn't have been I, getting made to is, tv time no, that is my favorite thing in the world because I, I again, I met him a couple of times and we've shared locker rooms and he's a super nice dude. To see, to see, I, I, I was kind of, I knew what was going to happen because you couldn't have done anything else. But my bias was just too much. I was just so upset. He got that sort of flurry and then got absolutely ruined. I was just like, no, I wanted more. I get why you couldn't do it, but I just I wanted more. I mean, that again, that is just bias shining through. But you're right, I love that stuff. I don't know how it would help long term, but I think in terms of uh, balancing it with what you've got, just brilliant, man. Genuinely, like it's just so cool to see people like that given their given their um well, their chance, I suppose. Well, yeah, they did a wonderful job with going. Okay, well, this empty arena thing is gonna gonna happen. It's it's gonna be a thing that we either have to do because I, I I actually change my mind on this whole thing weirdly enough i was one of the people who was hypercritical of, of uh, the no of, of the going live during empty arena yeah, yeah. the first was on i was i thought you know what no it's not that important but i started to come around and weirdly enough it, it was because i had a discussion with a friend who basically said it's okay to say this that, that they shouldn't go live, that they shouldn't do this kind of thing, and they've got money. That's a billionaire runs that company, of course they've got that, but it's not. It's his dad who runs the company. His dad actually owns it. Um, yeah. he, he's supporting his son's vanity project. Let, let's be honest, that's what it is. His dad doesn't like wrestling. Tony Khan's on record as saying his dad doesn't get it. Oh yeah, I'm sure he had. Yeah, he had to explain it to him. Yeah, and he, he's a. Uh, funding his son's vanity projects in all this kind of situation so he's kind of like hey you know here's your great thing but if this keeps losing money hand over fist and if you took a break it makes black wednesday look like nothing because you'd have an entire company full of people who just suddenly been employed because that break when we first talked about a break it was like yeah it's probably going to be a you know couple of months but as we're now finding out, it's probably going to be more like a couple of years before they can get back to normal. So it's kind of like, yeah, th there was no break they could take. The best they could do is just establish, okay, well, we're going to have to change the culture around what we can show. And AEW having the wrestlers at ringside and giving you that kind of like little bit of a change of feeling of atmosphere have done a good job. Yeah, no, I, I, I couldn't agree more. Like, it's so hard to say... I find it difficult to be critical of the shows going on because I've watched every one and I've appreciated the distraction. And again, you know, I, I always underline that with health and safety has got to come first. And if anything had had popped up that wasn't doing that, then I wouldn't have been for them at all. But I, I didn't want to sit on my high horse and just be like, oh, they shouldn't be doing it. I'm like, yeah, but Miller, you're literally watching it and talking about it. I was like, it's true. You know what? It's true. I can't, I, I can't fault you there. But I, I, I do think that... I mean, last night's AEW Dynamite almost didn't even feel like an empty arena show. I wasn't focused on that at all. It was more the storylines and the direction and, and and this and that. And yeah, in that sense, I I, I can't I, I can't I can't find a negative in it. I just uh, I don't know, I'll be intrigued. I think it's good that we that we've gone back to building up for the pay per view. And there's a lot of matches on that that I want to see. I think MGF versus Jungle Boy will be good. Uh, it looks like we may be doing something with Luchasaurus and Wardlow. I'm into that. And of course, we've got the. Um, the stampede thing, whatever the hell. Oh, the stadium stampede. So it's weird because during the um, street fight last week, all I could think was, God, they were this close to the pitch. Like, I'd have loved it if they'd have wrestled out onto the pitch. That would have been amazing. And uh, they were like, you know, you could see the line where the pitch was from, from where, where they had the inner circle sign. Yeah, yeah. And it's this close to the football field. I just really wanted them to go that little bit further with the golf cart. 
<laughs> well, now that now you know why. Exactly. Now you know why. Now you know yeah. why because they've they've saved it for like having a spectacle on the on a football field, which is class. I'm, I'm all over that. That's amazing. I I think so. It's definitely. I don't think that was something that was ever in their plans either. I'm pretty sure they've just been like, hey, let's do this. It will. Uh... It, you know, it, it will work for what we need. So, yeah, no, I dug it. And I like, um, uh, what was it? The uh, the four-way, the, the women's four-way match oh, I thought was good that too. That was excellent. And, and yeah, again, I thought people... it was just really well put together. And the flying round was really well done. And you had some great sequences. And Britt Baker didn't lose any momentum because she just basically decided that, eh, I'll get the championship another time. I'm going to kill Statlander instead. <laughs> yeah, no, and I don't like it because... Again, like before I'd watched that, um, you just, well, no, after I'd watched it, I should be fair, I had already seen it, but I don't like all these people that jump, oh, there's a botch here, there's a botch here, I, can't, I just hate all that crap. Oh, like, yes, so people dumb. make mistakes, who cares? I, don't, I couldn't, like, if it's really bad, like Goldberg, Undertaker, of course we should reference it. But uh, outside of that, it's yeah, just nuts. Well, I don't, to me, I, like, I, I hate the word botch because honestly, I just see it as, Okay, so we're supposed to buy that this, you know, as a kayfabe, we're supposed to buy that this is real sport. At which point, so every time you go on a football field, everyone plays perfect. Everyone plays precise. There's never a missed pass. There's never a hit that goes wrong or there's never a missed goal. Everything just flows per. No, it doesn't. If you're talking any real sport, people make mistakes because they're people. It's nothing to do with anything else. The fact is, to me, having those little bits were someone can't balance um, or someone can't doesn't get the right footing on the rope or something. It's just realistic. It's like, if this was, if this was real, real sport, that kind of shit happens. <laughs> yeah, well, of course it does. I mean, it's just, it's just par for the course. I just, I don't think it's something you need to overly focus on at any one time. I think if you're doing that, you would just, yeah, you just get lost in it. And, and, and I don't, I don't know. I just, it's, it's not for me. It's not for me all that. Or, or that kind of stuff. So I, I just thought as well, I should talk to you about this. Do you watch any WWE now? Or are you oh, no, no, no. I, I, I complete. I do. That's what I mean. I, it brought me back to wrestling AEW. So I'm an AEW guy. But I actually do try and watch some WWE. And I don't watch Raw and SmackDown because I don't have any Sky Sports or BT Sport in the UK. I, I just don't have it. So I, And I can't be bothered watching it a month later. Plus, if I'm being honest, I just watch ups and downs. And it sounds like a suck up line, but it's really not. Just watch that. It tells me I'll, I'll take it, on. man. It tells me what's I'll, going on. But pay-per-views, I will always try and get, get keep my eye on. I watch the pay-per-views. I watch NXT pay-per-views. Again, I I do watch NXT some weeks and I don't other weeks, and that's mainly because the network, we don't get it right away. We get like Friday, I think. Now, uh, yes, yes it's, a, it's a couple of days later now after they shifted. It's on BT first, isn't it? Or Paramount or whatever. Yeah, so, we, so it comes on a bit late and it depends how busy my weekend is. Sometimes I'll try and fit it in, sometimes I don't. It's not my favourite at the moment because the, the empty, empty arena, it, 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 I find it uncomfortable to watch. I mean, I do have a small fix for that. I think I've, I've tw- tweeted this before, but the best fix you can ever have in an empty arena show is to put WWE crowd sounds on on a YouTube on your phone or on a tablet and put it under the TV. And I'm not even kidding how much that improves stuff. Someone tweeted it when I was watching WrestleMania and I was really struggling with WrestleMania because I was like, just the silence feels weird. It's too no, I, quiet. No, I agree. I don't know why they don't just steal uh, what WWE has done. I wouldn't I wouldn't go, oh, can't believe it. AEW, sorry. I just I think it's the right thing to do. That atmosphere adds so much to it. I don't even care at this point if they start pumping it in. Like, we're about to have the Premier League start back over here and everybody's saying they're going to pump it in there. If the Premier League can do it, my word, wrestling can do it. You know what I mean? Like, that's, well, there's nothing wrong with that. Well, that's it. I'm, I'm not kidding, Simon. Next time you watch an empty show, like when you watch NXT in a couple of days, just try it, even just a little bit, just during the matches, put this YouTube video on, you can download it, so you don't even have to stream it, but it's called a WWE Crowd Noise, and it's a one-hour video, but you put that on, on a medium, medium volume on your TV, so you can still hear commentary and everything, but it's so weird how much that helps. Yeah, of course it does, because that's what wrestling is, right? You know, wrestling is, it's, in fact, I was listening to, who was I listening to today? I can't remember now, but somebody on British radio even said that, that they are not a wrestling fan, but they tuned into they tuned in to watch a WWE show and they called it farcical with no crowd. I thought that was a little bit harsh, but that was their, that was their response to it. So 
I think anything you can do right now, although I do think it's been a good week. I did enjoy Money in the Bank. I well, thought Raw did some good stuff. And I thought AEW was a solid show as well. Not the best Dynamite I've seen, but it was good. Well, I watched Money in the Bank live. So I did watch that one live. Um, what did you think about the uh, the Money on the Roof stuff? Some of it great. Some of it I didn't enjoy. And I think that's it's just that thing of, I think, the uh, street fight, the Omega street fight from the week before or from the, uh, Wednesday. For me, that was way better. <laughs> It's not a AEW versus WWE thing. I, I just really thought that match was a lot better. And when it got to Money in the Bank, I couldn't help him my brain comparing the two because yeah. they were so similar in theme and how they worked. So I was like, I couldn't help it. And I, I think my, I would have enjoyed it a lot more had I not seen that street fight. <laughs> so that makes no, sense. I think that's fair. Well, I think that street fight is the best thing I've seen since the uh, close behind uh, behind closed door thing started. I just. I just thought it, I just thought it was the right balance of nonsense for me just to sit down there and, and crack up. And again, that's mostly I tweeted this earlier. That's mostly thanks to Chris Jericho, who, you know, for some reason, Chris Jericho the other day tweeted out that he is the best wrestler of the world. Then he deleted that tweet, which I thought was weird because I didn't take any offense from it. I don't know if it ties into something else, but I think right now he probably is one of the best wrestlers in the world. He's oh, definitely no, he's, in the conversation. He's the goat, man. He's the goat for me. Like, Genuinely, there's not a guy out there who can get over a, a cone on the head in a, in a way that Chris Jericho does. <laughs> Put a cone on your head and make a witch noise. It's now a t-shirt. I know. Well, it's the same with, the, you know, he, re- he released a bat yesterday called Floyd. And genuinely, if 80% of other people had done that, I would have rolled my eyes and gone, okay, it's kind of cute. But he turns it into something that's just... It just feels great. I don't understand it. He just, he has, I was, ne- I, say, I say this all the time, but I was never a Chris Jericho guy. Not because I didn't like him. He just wasn't one of my guys. But now I feel like he's just entered some, oh, who even knows? Who even knows? No, but don't, don't, don't talk about that goddamn bat. No, that, that, that thing. Killed Vanguard one. I yeah. know, killed Vanguard <laughs> one. But that's, see, but that's what I like about it as well. Like Matt Hardy could have no-sold that and nobody would have cared. But I love, no, it's his friend. You killed his friend and now he's really, really upset. And again, I saw loads of people go, oh, so stupid. Yes, but if you're going to do it, do it with everything you've got. Oh, yeah, and buy yeah. In. Barrel in. Really just get in there and just like, if you embrace that, because that's the best wrestling, is when, when wrestling just takes itself to another level of, we don't care that it's fake. We don't care that it's silly. We're going to act like it's the most serious thing on earth, and like it's the like most devastating thing on earth when these things happen, and they're the best moments. <laughs> of course they are. Of course they are. Like it's, it's, it's like anything you watch that's on television. If the people involved buy in with everything they've got, nine times out of ten, so will I. Because you can read a performer's body language, even if you don't know you're doing it, and you're doing it subconsciously. So, I mean, absolutely, absolutely, it's um. I just I just love it all right now. I don't know what direction they're going to go in after this or when the Young Bucks and Hangman Page are going to return and, and all of these kind of things. But I think they're in a good position. And I don't even mind. I mean, it's kind of different. I, w- I thought, like you said earlier, we should wait till the fans have returned. But we don't know when that's going to be. I certainly think there's a couple of guys out there right now. I know their roster's already quite big. But I think there's a couple of guys out there right now that got um, released from WWE who would... Who would oh, bolster like, them, you know? A hundred percent like Zack Ryder. I, I absolutely love Zack Ryder and Rusev. And, and again, this is through the years of just watching WrestleMania and then catching up over the last year and watching a few more bits. And it's like, Rusev and Zack Ryder for me were just like, epically good. Zack Ryder was so wasted. I yeah. don't know. He, he, had a, he had a job for 14 years. He got paid a lot of money. So to him, as he said, it's not anyone's thing. It's just what it is. But the fact is, that guy is like, he created BTE. <laughs> like, just by just by having Z-True Long Island stories when he did, BTE was kind of like, hey, that looks cool, let's do that. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think the thing with Zack Ryder was, uh, yeah, he's one of these people where, oh, they buried him, they buried him. Maybe, but he still had a pretty damn... It's a pretty amazing thing to say that you did. If I had done some of the stuff that he'd done, I would have been over the moon. But for me, it's not even burial. I think it's just they wasted the amount of potential they could have had a lot more out of him. They they, they dropped the ball when 
it, all that momentum was behind him with the YouTube channel and booking him in that bizarre story in a wheelchair and John Cena and everything. That was just, it was off the rails. That was just off the rails and strange. That was when the, they should have, they should have capitalized on it. But just watching him in interviews and seeing how proactive he is to all of this, I don't know. To, to me, you don't want to, you don't want to sleep on a guy that but would be adored by that audience day one because they just would be that's just i don't think anybody can argue that so i i'm intrigued to see what happens over the next few uh the the next few weeks and months but i think they have negated this crazy situation we're in very very well that's it they've they've just completely done something and as i said I, i changed my mind i was wrong I, I originally tweeted, like, uh, Tony Khan, Cody, and all that, and just went, you know, guys, don't do this. Like, you know, be the babyface company, blah, blah, Which is a stupid way to put it for me when I really think about it, because they never said they were the babyface company, but we all seem to put them on that pedestal of saying they're the babyface company. But they've never said that. What they said is they're going to be different. They're going to try their best to listen to us, which more often than not, let's be honest, they have. Oh, no, yeah, you can't argue they don't listen to their fans. I mean, even the Nightmare Collective just going away is uh, a huge... You know, they just have done. There's been so many things that have come out there that I don't think other people would have listened to that they did. And I don't think they should do that all the time. I think sometimes you do have to stick your feet in and be like, no, I, I think I think we're getting this right. But well, it's about balance, the Dark too. Order, isn't it? <laughs> well, I always like the Dark Order. I thought they got a hard... They just needed a leader. They got the leader. And then it just ties into everything we were talking about earlier. But Oh, well, the Dark Order were like much better because they basically started. And I always saw the potential because in the ring, they were fantastic. For a big guy and a muscle guy, they, they actually were really good in the ring. And I always liked them. But their outfits were terrible when they first came in in Dublin. Often they were like, really like, cheap. Like uh, Eve Luna was just wearing Lycra, I think. <laughs> and it was like really not very well put together. But then they had a bit of a retooling in about October, November. And that's when you start getting those those really cool like cult vignettes, like the, uh, yeah, the Scientology yeah. vignettes, and they were just so good. And it was like, oh, and they came out and their outfits had all been retooled to be a lot more, a lot more, you know, upmarket looking. And it was like, ah, you can see some of these guys. I think these getting loads better. And again, if they listened to the fans, the Dark Order would have been sacked off, but. They, yeah, they we went, just... no, we've got a good kind of thing. We've got a plan here. Don't worry. We'll retool or we'll tweak and we'll we'll try and make it so it's a bit better than the current presentation. And obviously, that's fine. That's great. That's what you do. But on other ones where it's like there's, like you said, the Nightmare Collective, there was just no fan positivity in that area. <laughs> no, like, they got rid yeah, of them. Yeah, they just went, listen, there's no fan positivity. There's not much we can do to tweak this. We've tried to give it a few weeks. And they did. They gave it like a good month of trying like different things and trying to expand on it. And it was just the moment something starts turning away ratings is the moment you have to go, yeah, that's what, that's when we can't, we can't live with. If it keeps yeah. turning away viewers, we can't just go, Oh, we'll let you keep having your playground. It's we've got to say, no. <laughs> no. And I think it's good to, to remember that you've you got to find that balance. That balance is massively important, but it's like I was saying to somebody else, I'm, um, we essentially had 50-50 booking on this week's episode of Dynamite in the sense that Kenny and Matt got their win back, right? And we don't usually see that. And then again, you see people go, oh, I can't believe they're doing... I can't believe they're doing 50-50 booking. But it's like, no, 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 no. You can't judge them by WWE standards. You have to judge them by their own standards. Well, yeah, it's not even 50-50 booking in the same way because last week, the only reason they lost because they were in the winning lead. During the street fight, they were in the lead of that street fight. And it took Jake Hager getting involved, and it took Sammy, and it took a Proud and Powerful coming out and getting involved for them to lose. They're winning. They, yeah. Proud and Powerful weren't there. They won. <laughs> it was like he was about to get the one winged angel, and just like the Judas effect, no one kicks. That, that's, that's it. True. He, <laughs> yeah. he had that move in, he had it locked, and it took Proud and Powerful coming out to break that up. So to me, that's not as 50 50 booking as, you know. Uh, one week I beat you, but the next week it's for the actual title, so now I can't win. <laughs> not I that. just thought as well. Sorry, go on, man. I just I hate that where it's like, okay, we're going to face each other this week and we'll win because it's a non-title match. But next week, next week's for the title, so we're definitely taking a pin. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think something we need to talk about as well before um, before the clock beats us is the opening of Dynamite. I should have brought this up sooner. 
I really didn't understand that Cody Rhodes thing <laughs> when he was in his car. I thought the whole segment was awesome. And I thought it built up that TNT match brilliantly. And then we had some bizarre... That thing in the car was bizarre to me. I didn't know what it was. Uh, I think they were trying to... like For one, it, it's Cody Rhodes and he's, he's vanity project in the, in the sense of he's got his tattoo, he's got this thing. He's selling the American Nightmare as a thing the way that Stone Cold did with the Broken Skull. It, that that's his thing. It's like this is my logo. This is who I am. But equally, I think the idea of him driving the car in was to explain he wasn't just in the back waiting for them to finish insulting people. He wasn't mm. just sat in the back waiting at the end of the ramp, waiting for them to finish all their insults and all the terrible things they're saying. He was like, he wasn't just like doing that. It's kind of a kayfabe way of saying he's just arrived. He's just got here and he's absolutely peeved. Obviously, you know, that's not the case. You know, he's been there all day working hard. But that I think from a kayfabe point of view, that's the kind of intention that we were making, which is that he's just arrived and he is about to come and shut them the hell up. I I will take your point to a certain extent. I don't think it came across like that at all. I, I think it came across a little bit too much like, oh, this would be a cool thing to do. And then it didn't really go as far as that. But it doesn't matter because... The, the, that Lance Archer Cody thing, I'm I'm so invested in it. I just love it, and I love the fact it's for. I love the fact it's got a personal edge to it, and I love the fact it's also for a quote unquote secondary title. Because either of those guys winning it to me instantly elevates it above a secondary title, and no, that is so I mean. important. I think it's more like, a, well, it's the network's title. That's what they've said. The network wanted a title, which and hell, and they were right. And they were, you know, look, if you're going to put that much money into a company. Hell yeah, right? I mean, there's nothing. I, I don't have a problem with that at all. How impressive is it that like this was booked? Like this whole tournament was booked within like 20 minutes of Tony Khan sitting down, going, "Right, how do we book this tournament?" Well, you know, <laughs> too many cooks in the kitchen sometimes. And and look, most tournaments will write them write themselves. And some of the best, you know, wrestling storylines write themselves. And I never mind an expected story going the way that, again, that it's expected to, because usually there's a reason for, there's a reason for that. And I think if they have a proper war at um, at uh, double or nothing, and you know, we really sell this idea of, you know, it's a massive deal. This person has won it. I'm I'm all over it. Although I do think now Jake Jake Roberts at some point is going to have his have his ads kissed by Brandy Rhodes. I don't know how they're going to do that, but he he needs comeuppance now. I'll be intrigued about that one. Uh, yeah, I, I hope they don't go down the ass kiss route. I really do. <laughs> I hope they don't go Vinnie Mac on it. Uh, I can't. See we don't him need to it. see I the kiss my ass club. <laughs> I just need to see Brandy Rhodes slap the shit out of him now. Really, you oh, know, I want to see it, that definitely. I, I want to see Brandy Rhodes. Because that's the great thing. Brandy's not established as some weakling or anything. She's established as, you know, she isn't just eye candy to walk around and go, hey, how cool. She, like, the, she's been obviously working on her in-ring work since uh, taking a break from the ring after the Nightmare Collective. Because that space she gave to Penelope Ford was crisp. It was on point. And that's oh, yeah. the first time she's given a spear that's looked that crisp. So clearly, like, when they turn up at Dynamite on Tuesday to Thursdays, they, they're literally working people in the ring, and it's the way that they've kind of uh, taken other people away, let them work, let them get a little bit more, uh, let you know, let the rust work off. Because, like, uh, you look at people like Nyla, who in her first couple of matches was a bit green. She hadn't done TV wrestling too much, and obviously you could see that kind of hesitation on a few moves. And she kind of took a bit of a step away for a while. But then when she kind of came back, it, she was red tight already. She was fantastic. Mm. No, I, 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 I would agree with that. I'm, um, yeah, I just, I just think he has to, someone's got to kick his ass for everything that he said. Last question. Who do you want to win that match? Uh, Lance Archer versus Cody. I, I, I want both of them to win. <laughs> it's terrible. But that's I good do. though. No, that's I good. I want that's Cody good. to get that win because... He just he never wins. Not the big one. <laughs> since Double or Nothing last year or since um, probably oh, Sean Spears match. Since that big kind of payoff match, he hasn't won one. He keeps kind of coming up to these big matches and just falling short. And I know it's only like two major matches, but they've been the biggest built match. They've been the one that's like, other than the title match, it's the biggest match on the card. And you've been looking forward to it. Like the Cody versus uh, Jericho was a huge deal 
but then Cody versus um, oh god, my mind's just gone completely blank on that one. <laughs> For what, sorry, man? What's got blank on? Uh, the, the, uh, Cody versus MJF. So it's Cody versus MJF was like it was a huge deal. They built that match so well, and Cody fell short again. That's why. That's why I kind of <laughs> like it, though. I think if, if if he falls short again, and you give it to Lance Archer again, you're just creating your own story. And I think within that, you can probably have Darby Allen beat him too. And it's like, oh man, Cody has fallen further than you ever thought that he would do. I like that idea. I like it. I like I, a good I like sympathetic it, story. Equally, it's just like I just want to see Cody win. <laughs> <laughs> exactly that's the point so when he does you'll love it even more you see they're feeding it to you that's exactly. why long term long term storytelling there ain't nothing wrong with that uh, i'm intrigued honestly he's great he, he's he is he has got that character down spot on and i think yeah if he wins that championship and goes on a tear i think that AEW has something there i'll be massively um, intrigued yeah to see you know with lockdown my beard is starting to get to that point where i can start doing a lamp touch beard and just you know braiding it down so you know i'm quite, kind of excited about that <laughs> yeah there you go you see <laughs> you, you can be a mega fan right now you can be a mega fan right now well i've got the long uh, hair just need to braid it <laughs> i don't even know how, doesn't braiding your hair take forever isn't that like really difficult I, I, I have no idea i've never done it i just have long hair <laughs> Oh well. Well, if you do it, let me know, and then uh, do do a Lance Archer cosplay on the day of Double or Nothing. Yeah, probably won't be there yet. You know, Fat Lance Archer. Maybe I could get away with it right now, but I need to I need to do a bit more work on the gaining shape first. Oh, well, that, that that will come, my friend. That will come. Um, right. And on that note, we we will wrap things up, dude. Thank you so much for joining me today. I appreciate it. And look, keep being a positive beacon for AEW. I like it. I like chatting to people that genuinely are just happy to watch wrestling and put a smile on their own face. I'm not saying uh, equally, I'm not going to be against WWE. I think the fact is, they do know, some man, things yeah, I don't man. agree with, like uh, the old, you know, Saudi Arabia. Don't like that. But other than that, there's still a good company who do a lot of good things for the, like charity and stuff like that. So at the end of the day, I'm not going to hate on them. And as long as you enjoy it, then cool. Just maybe spread the fact that this is great. And if someone else goes, this thing that you don't like is great, just, you know, fair enough. Cool. <laughs> no, like, dude, I mean, I that, I live my life by that way. We'll have to we'll have to see what happens. It's uh, it's an absolute mystery. But hey-ho, as long as people are happy, that's all I care about. Uh, in the meantime, again, if you want to come on the podcast, you can. Patreon.com forward slash Simon316. I'd love to chat to you. Hit me up on Twitter and Instagram at SimonMiller316 as well. And again, if you go to my YouTube channel, just search for Simon Miller, you can find even more podcasts, but make sure you do subscribe to this feed as well. And that's it. You take care. I'll talk to you all again very soon.